Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. And what we're going to be talking about is the negotiable and non-negotiable list. And this is an idea that helps you to identify the qualities you want in somebody before you start dating them. And I want to emphasize before you start dating them, because once you start dating somebody, the tendency to tailor your negotiable and non-negotiable list to that person dramatically increases because you already start having emotions starting to get involved, even if it's just out on your first date. And then you find out about this negotiable, non-negotiable list you're automatically going to start edging the parameters to be more closely aligned with the person that you're seeing. And the goal behind this list is to help people to avoid heartbreak or ending up with somebody who is not going to be compatible or help you create a healthy grounds for marriage. So who are these lists for? So we want those of you who are not married to create these lists. And ideally, like Tim said, if you are single, we want you to create this list right away. But like you said, if you're engaged or dating, there's still a lot of benefit to creating this list. But you have to kind of know, like he said, things will be a little skewed for you. So just kind of watch out for that. So you might have to dig a little deeper or ask for trusted people around you to help you through this list because your view is going to be a little biased. But there still is a lot of value in creating this. And for those of you who are married and listening to this episode, When we go through kind of this non-negotiable list, I would think about that in terms of how can I live out these characteristics and be this person for my spouse. You're not going to create a list and we're not encouraging you to create a list of who you want your spouse to be. But like we always talk about with most of our tools that we want it to apply to you. So let's talk about what each of them are. Non-negotiables are just what they sound. They are non-negotiable. These are characteristics, beliefs, morals, goals, that are so important to you that these can be deal breakers if they don't have them. And this non-negotiable list are things that you either must have in a partner or things that you absolutely cannot have in a partner. So for example, if you're a recovering alcoholic, you may have a non-negotiable of, I cannot be with somebody who is drinking at all, not even somebody who socially drinks. That might be an example of something that you can't have in your relationship or something that you absolutely must have in somebody. And so if you're religious, it might be, well, we got to share religious values. And if we don't share those religious values, that person's not a good person for me to date. Or it could even be a political thing. Man, I cannot date somebody of the opposite side of the political spectrum from me. That would just be awful. It's up to you to determine what are your non-negotiables. What are things that you absolutely couldn't live without? Or what are things that you absolutely cannot live with? And a part of the reason for having these all set up beforehand is that once you have them set up beforehand, when you start then dating or getting interested in somebody, you can then refer back to this. Something that you had written when you were of sound mind, because once you start dating somebody, you start losing actually some of your connection to reality. And you will start making exceptions for things for somebody that under normal circumstances will annoy you because you're in this kind of heightened emotional infatuation stage that causes you really to be blinded to the reality of the situation sometimes. But if you can go back and review and look at that non-negotiable list, you're like, oh man, they actually have three of my non-negotiables. They do these two things that I am absolutely not okay with. And then they don't do this one thing that I feel like I absolutely need to be happy in a relationship. And so that should be a big cue that, hey, you know what? It's time to move on to somebody else because this person 
really isn't going to be a good option for a partner for me. But if you're with that person for too long, you get this emotional connection and it becomes hard and uncomfortable to try to move on to somebody else. We've already given a couple of examples of non-negotiable lists, but we're going to give you a couple more examples of what could go on that list. So some of the things that you want to look at are those character traits that are so important really across the board. We want people who are respectful. We want someone who is loving and kind. And this reminds me of the episode we just did a couple of weeks ago on the What is Love Anyway, where we went through a list of things of what love is. And so I would go back and listen to that, take a look at that passage, and add some of those onto your non-negotiable list, because those are really important to have. And then another thing that I would take a look at and add to your list is your goals for the future. What type of family do you want? Do you want children? If that's something that you are set on or you think you're set on, then that's something you can write down. And I totally remember when I decided I wanted children. I was 20 years old. I was in charge of a parks and rec outing to a water park. And I remember there were these kids there. I was kind of in charge of this little group of kids. And there was stuff I wanted to go do at the water park. And I remember making sacrifices and not doing what I wanted to, but taking those kids around to what they wanted to do. And I remember at one point I'm kind of swimming and this one kid is hanging on my back. And I remember just kind of thinking, this is something that I want in my life. And I remember that very moment because it was like, this was a time when it became a non-negotiable. And this was before I even understood what we were teaching, but I just knew like, I wanted to have kids. And then a couple years later after that, I was dating a lady. And when we were talking, she didn't want to have kids. And shortly after I found out she didn't want to have kids, I ended up breaking it off with her because I recognized that we were incompatible at that point because that was a non-negotiable. Even if she hit every other marker for me on things I was interested in or I wanted, she was missing this one major category of something that was very important to me. Now, having kids can be a non-negotiable for you or not. It's up to you. But for me, that was on my list of non-negotiables. It was something that I had to have. And so for each person, you have to come up with your own list, your own values that are important to you. Now, I do also want to preface this and say, just because this lady didn't meet one of my non-negotiables didn't make it emotionally easy for me to break it off. It still was uncomfortable. I knew intellectually this was a bad idea to move forward, but emotionally it was still hard and uncomfortable to break that off. And so when you have this list, I don't want you to get a misperception that all of a sudden, oh, okay, they don't meet one of these. It'll be easy. I'll just next on to the next person. It won't be. It will be emotionally difficult, but it will be beneficial for you in the long run to follow these guidelines. Right. And this is just a guiding tool to really help you look at the picture overall and help you to make decisions that align with what you believe and what you want for your life. Sometimes thinking about children then can help you think about other areas that maybe you're overlooking now but that once you start raising children, you're going to see more and more of. So even anger. I don't want someone who is quick to anger. I want someone who is patient. Maybe there are things where you overlook now, but when you see that coming out on your children, there's something that's going to rise up in you, and this protective mama bear action is going to want to jump in. And so looking down the line and thinking like, okay, how do I want to raise children? And who do I want to raise children with? It might help you to put these characteristics on the list. One of the things that comes up a lot in therapy are people's faith when they have children. Now it's a matter of what are we going to teach the children? And in therapy, a lot of times that's where I see the disagreement. 
where they say, I knew he wasn't on the same page with me in my faith, but now I want to take my children to church and he doesn't want me to, or vice versa. But for me, one of the things on my list was a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian who lived it out in their daily life. And so you have to figure out what is important to you. Because when you marry someone, you have to marry them thinking, if they never change, am I okay being with this person for the rest of my life? And when we talk about this, we're not looking for perfection, right? We're not saying, if you don't meet the things on this list, then there's no grace in this. Because there's a lot of grace. And people can change. And there's going to be a lot of little things that we need to overlook. But we're talking about the big things that are really important. If they are so important to you, don't marry that person thinking, okay, as long as they change this, then I'll be okay. You have to almost go into that marriage thinking, this thing that is so important to me, if they never change this, will I be okay with that? Now, I think a general rule of thumb that you want to follow when you're thinking about your non-negotiable list is you want to use morals, values, and goals as a way to help you identify what is your non-negotiable list. Now, I think a lot of times we use morals and values kind of interchangeably, but there is a definitional difference that can help you to understand. And so morals are a code of conduct that tells us what is right and what is wrong, and they mostly come from religion or society at large. Values, however, are internal belief systems held by an individual that guide their behavior. Values are personal and subjective, while morals are generally universal and objective. Values can change while morals generally remain the same. So when we're looking at it, our moral compass is our idea of what is right and wrong. And our values is our priority scale of where we put things on levels of importance. And it's more of a personal kind of a thing, right? So generally, an idea of a moral would be everybody agrees that murder is a bad thing. And so that would be an example of kind of a universal moral that everybody has. Now, I do think morals are not completely universal. Obviously, different groups of people have different sets of morals. But when you're looking at it, it's this idea of what is right and wrong. A good example of this that I think is a changing subject right now between a lot of people's thought process is using drugs. So, for example, smoking marijuana. Some people hold the moral that smoking marijuana is bad. You should not. And some people hold the moral of it is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm okay with that. When you're choosing somebody that you want to be with, that's an example of a moral that you want to be on the same page with. If you don't like drugs and your partner is using drugs on a frequent basis and it's constantly getting under your skin, but they hold a different moral value from you on that where they think it's okay and you're constantly pestering them about that, that might be something where it's like you're trying to encourage them to change, but they just have a different moral set from you and it's going to constantly put you at odds with each other. An example of a value might be something along the lines of, do you value a clean house? Or do you not value that? And this is something that can put couples at odds as well. It's not a right or wrong thing, right? It's not right or wrong to have a clean house or wrong to have a little bit of a messier cluttered house. So it's not a moral judgment, but it's a values judgment. Is it important to you? Do you really like having a clean house? Or is it okay for you to let it get a little bit messy and not have it very orderly all the time? Now, some people, when I just said that, their heads kind of exploded. And it's because they very highly value having a clean house. Sometimes people who very highly value a clean house will say, well, it's just right to have a clean house, but it's not a universal thing. It's not a, you're a good person or a bad person if your house is clean or messy. So it's actually more of a value judgment. I just really value it. And some people, they even have anxiety that's linked to not having a clean house. And so it makes them uncomfortable if the house isn't orderly. That's just talking more about how much they value that clean house. 
And so that again is the difference between morals and values. Morals, right and wrong. Values is just what is very internally important to you. And the next one is goals, right? If your goal is you want to build a business and you want to pour and dedicate your life into building that business, but then someone you're dating wants to go and be a missionary and live in a third world country preaching to people, those could put you at odds where you may not have the same goals and you may not be a good fit because of that. And so if you're causing one person to give up what their goals are, if they're not doing that willingly or happily, then it's going to cause tensions or frustrations between those two people because their goals are constantly pulling them in different directions, right? Or if you have a different goal, well, I want to live in this state. Well, I want to live in that state. I hate that state you want to move into. I have zero interest, but I love this state. Oh my gosh, I love it. And it sounds like something kind of petty or small, but these are things that can really cause people to be at odds with each other. And so looking for somebody who you are generally compatible with by having similar morals, values, and goals makes the process of dating and being married much smoother. Now, even if you have similar morals, values, and goals, it doesn't mean marriage is going to be easy, but it removes a lot of the unnecessary difficulty that you can run into if you're at odds on all three of those morals, values, and goals. And I think looking at it with, you're not being judgmental on the other person and being selfish by wanting these things and saying, well, you don't meet this standard or this value or this goal for my life. You're not measuring up to what I want. It really is more looking at it from maybe you're not the right fit for each other. And that's a blessing to know before you're married for yourself, but also for them. Because like Tim's saying, if you are in a marriage and you have such drastic morals, values, and goals, that one person feels like they're giving up a piece of themselves and they're constantly doing that, that is a rough place to be in. And granted, marriage is a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of giving and compromise and meeting the other person's needs and loving them the way they need to be loved. But we're talking about these uncompromising beliefs that if you get married anyway, these deep-rooted beliefs, one of you are going to have to compromise on. Sometimes the wind really is breaking up before you get so entwined and you marry the other person and then one of you feels like I am constantly giving up something and compromising on something that is so important to me. And we're not talking about just preferences here. We're talking about those deep beliefs and desires that you have. And so as much as it does hurt to break up with someone and it does hurt to be broken up with, it is far better to catch that early on and you're doing yourself and the other person a favor by recognizing that a lot of our values, beliefs, morals, and our goals are not matching up. And so I know we've addressed this in the past, but when we talk about isn't love just enough, it's not. Love is not enough. There's a lot more to it than that. So as you're sitting down to write this, I would write down those top priorities that no matter what you just know off the top of your head, this is what I need. And I cannot compromise on these things. And I would even go around and ask some of your family members or people that you trust, your close friends, what are some of the things that they can suggest that you put on your list because they can see that that's really important to you. And speaking of family, that might go on your list. Someone that gets along with my family. If your family is so important to you, then I would put that on your list that I want the person I marry or the person that I'm dating to get along with my family. Because we see that often where that blending of family is difficult. And it's difficult no matter what. But then for it to be so important to you and the other person just not want that or get along with your family and not even try. 
And so if that's important to you, then put that on the list as well. And I think also having that outside perspective can be very helpful. Now, I understand not everybody listening is going to have family that they can really trust to give them advisement because a lot of people grow up or have toxic or very unhealthy family members. But my family was actually very instrumental in Ruth and I getting together. As a matter of fact, at this time, I had recognized I was an emotional dater, that if I had feelings for somebody, I wanted to be with them. And the facts on the ground really were hard for me to use those to judge whether or not I should be with somebody. Now, I know I just told the story where I was able to do that, but that was still a struggle that was very hard, and I was tired of getting hurt. And so I actually went to my parents, and I asked them to arrange a marriage for me because I trusted their judgment on women that would be good for me better than I trusted my own judgment. And a part of the way that Ruth and I got together was I had invited her to my church because she was looking for a new one, and I was actively trying to suppress any type of interest or feelings I had in anybody because I just was tired of dating the wrong person. After I brought her to church and my parents met her, they brought it up almost immediately and said, what about Ruth? And for me, right, obviously them approving of that wasn't all that mattered, but it was a major portion where it was like, okay, if they can see that she might be a good match for me, then I can trust to try to pursue this. And so it was the first time I had asked for their assistance in it. And then here we are happily married 13 <laughs> years later and five children later. So as much as we're trying to nail you down to write down these non-negotiables, we don't want to put you in this prison. So one of the things to know is that as you grow and change, as you get older and have different experiences, your non-negotiables may change. And that's okay, but I would be very thoughtful when you sit down and you write this list knowing that where I'm at right now, these are the beliefs, these are the things that are really important to me, and I'm uncompromising on these things. And if you choose to change a non-negotiable, it should be through extensive thought about it, advisement from others, or even an experience that causes you to want to shift your idea on that. And so, again, just like Ruth was saying, you don't want to necessarily put yourself in a box, but these are standards you want to hold somebody up to if you're choosing that you want to move forward in a relationship with them. I think that obviously there's an element that you want dating to be fun, but also the other part of it is they are interviewing for the position of your spouse. And if they are through the dating process showing you that they're not going to be a good fit for that because they keep ticking off non-negotiables, again, one non-negotiable is enough where it should be the end of the relationship. And so that's when you're thinking about this non-negotiable list. You put things on there where it's like, this is a non-compromise thing. I want to be kind of rigid and dogmatic about this list. That's what it is. If it's on my list now and I don't have a reason to change it and I start dating somebody and then they hit one of my non-negotiables, that should be the end of the relationship there. All right, you guys, we're going to end there with part one of the series. Join us in the next episode as we continue this series in part two, where we talk all about the negotiables list. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. 
please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.